everybody. We are almost ready to start our study. We just wanted to flip it on a couple minutes early in case you came a couple minutes early. Um, I was kind of chuckling as I was getting ready for this. I'm like, some of these people have never seen me in normal clothes. All you've ever seen me in is workout clothes. So kind of funny to me. Um, I remember when I used to teach at a club, somebody came up to me and said very loudly, like, Michelle, I've never seen you in clothes before. Well, that's interesting. Anyway, um, I am super excited about this Bible study. And um, I want you to know that Denica, um, Denica now works with me here at Faithful Workouts. She is on um, her computer ready to respond to your questions. So just go ahead and um, fire them off, ask questions, let us know what you're thinking. And you know, even if it's things, that guys, that don't directly relate to this Bible study, if there's things that you, um, I hope we would talk about sometime at Faithful Workouts or questions that you have. Anyway, but I do want you to be focusing on the study. So as much as it's great that um, you can type in things and you can talk to us, I really do want you to just kind of sit and listen and absorb and take it all in. I have made some notes so that if you want to, you can open those notes up as I'm talking. You can look at the notes rather than look at me and or you can print them out. Um, so they are printable notes. And um, if you're here, let me know where you're from. How about that? Give me a little like where you're from and um, maybe how long you've been part of Faithful Workouts or maybe this is your first time being kind of getting to know Faithful Workouts. So um, anyway, I'm just glad you're here. So I'm gonna uh, push one button on something and we'll get started, okay? All right, let's see. Just got about one more minute and then we'll go. And um, again, I am, I'm excited because there's something so powerful, powerful about the Word of God. And so um, I believe that it just is critical that we spend time learning and listening and reading and expecting to hear from Him. Okay, so I'm gonna get a sip of water and then we'll go ahead and get started here. All right, is it time? It's time. <clears throat> um, anyway, I, I want to first start off just explaining to you kind of why I am doing this Bible study right now. And the reason I'm doing this, guys, is I was in church. It was almost, I bet, a year ago to the day. I was sitting in church and a Bible verse came up on the screen. And it was literally as though like the rest of the world just kind of froze. And there was this light shining on this verse and I was like, whoa, you know, God, what is it? What are you trying to say to me? And I looked up at the screen and it was a verse Mark 9, 37, and it says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And I read that and I was like, God, what is it that you're speaking and saying to me? And why is something stirring in me? And it just kind of hit me because that's really my hope for Faithful Workouts is to help you have the strength and the energy and the health and I'm talking spiritually and physically, to go out and share the good news and share that message. Yes, I want you to have fun and I want you to feel good and I want you to be able to enjoy the activities you love and to have a healthy body. But more importantly, I really want to prepare you to go out into the field. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And the other reason I've decided to add this um, kind of feature to our Faithful Workouts program, these online Bible studies, is because there is such a huge correlation between our physical health and our spiritual health. Um, 
I don't know if you know this, but stress and worry, anxiety, all of those things really wreak havoc on your physical health. And if we want to really reach optimal health, we have to somehow come to this place of peace. I mean, I think so many of us long to have rest for our soul. It's what we're longing for. And so I believe that the only way that we can ever really have rest for our soul and to, to, to live with peace is to know God and to learn to trust him. Okay. And so the other question is, why did I start with Galatians, right? There's a couple of reasons I started with the, the book of Galatians. One, I love Paul. So Paul is the author of Galatians and he actually wrote a fair amount of the New Testament. And what I love about Paul is he like, he says it like it is. He's kind of a straightforward type of guy and I can be a little bit that way too. I also like that um, he talks a lot about people pleasing. And we'll talk about that in fact today, but throughout some of his writings, you'll see that he talks about people pleasing. And he also talks about, he's discovered how to be content in all situations. There's so much that we can learn from Paul's life. And plus I love the fact that he was just an, kind of an absolute, oh my goodness, he was trying to kill Christians, right? So there's a lot of parts about Paul that are just super interesting and all that. But another thing why I chose Galatians is there's some powerful messages. Messages about people pleasing, messages on freedom, true transformation. How do we learn to listen more to the Holy Spirit? But really what the culmination is in Galatians 5, 22, 23, it says, you know, um, the fruit of the Spirit, right? Maybe you've heard of it, but the fruit of the Spirit or what, will we, what we can expect to experience when we live with the Holy Spirit guiding our steps. It says we can have love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. You know, I mean, who doesn't want that stuff, guys, right? Isn't that what we long for? More love and joy and peace and patience. I mean, self-control, when it comes to taking care of our physical health, self-control is a huge one. And did you know that you can have actually more self-control when you allow the Holy Spirit to live and guide you? So these are things that we're gonna be discussing throughout the next couple of weeks. And I don't know if it's gonna be three or four weeks, just kind of going with that. All right, so as we're about to dig into Galatians, that I wanna just kind of give you a little bit of a, of a history, small little bit um, of Paul and then what's going on and why he's writing this letter to the churches in Galatia. So as I mentioned, um, Paul, wasn't always the guy, the cut the guy who's going to be writing the New Testament. In fact, he was the exact opposite. Even his name was different. His name used to be Saul, and Saul um, was persecuting Christians. In fact, in Acts seven, there's a story of Stephen, just this beautiful man, who um, they stoned to death. I mean, horrible, horrible, bearing him up to his neck and then throw stones at him until he dies. And Paul is mentioned there for the first time, and he is standing there watching. And I almost envisioned him watching and cheering kind of on these people. That's the kind of guy he was. But what happens is in Acts 9, he is on a journey to go to Damascus and he has um, received a letter that he can go and now persecute Christians. He, they used to call them followers of the way. They weren't called Christians, they were called followers of the way. And he was on this road heading out to go start really taking down some Christians. And as he's on this road, Jesus comes to him. And not just like sometimes Jesus and God, you know, they can be kind of gentle and it's a whisper, but this is a full blown boom. Like Paul is knocked to the ground and there's a beaming light and even the people around him can hear this voice. And the voice says, you know, Saul, 
what are you doing? Like, why are you persecuting Christians? And, and Paul's like, who is this? And it's like, I'm Jesus, I am real. And so he has an extreme interaction here with Jesus. And you know what happens, guys? When we have experiences where we feel the presence of God or we experience the love and, and Jesus, we feel that presence, it changes us. Now you might, and I know I haven't been knocked to the ground and off a horse because I've been experiencing the presence of God, but I have had some experiences that no doubt in my mind, I know God was there and he was speaking to me. And when that happens, it changes you. It changes you. And so one of my prayers for today is that you will experience, if you haven't, you will experience the presence of God in just a profound, unique way. That, that, that experience of knowing he's right there with you and feeling his love, that it is going to change you. you. Obviously, you're not going to go off and write the New Testament. That's already been done. But change you so that you want to go out and you want to share the love and the truth of Jesus with people because that's what's going to change this world, guys, is when we experience God and we realize that he has called us for a big purpose and it's to give him glory by spreading his love and truth everywhere. It changes us. All right, so I just wanted to kind of start with that. That's Paul's story on the road to Damascus. Um, he had an interaction with God. He then goes, and he's actually blinded for a couple days and this guy is told to go over to Paul, touch his eyes, the scales fell off and all of a sudden he sees. And that's what's so cool. Paul was blind, you know, that, that song, I once was blind, but now I see Paul was literally blind and then he saw, he saw the truth of who Jesus was and his life starts to look differently. All right, so I wanna kind of dig in here. And I'm gonna start, I'm gonna read part of Galatians 1 because I, it's important that you kind of hear what's going on and then we're gonna dig into a little bit, okay? So I'm gonna read a little fast here. I'm reading from the NLT or New Living Translation. This letter from, is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group or by human authority. My call is from Jesus Christ himself and from God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. All the brothers and sisters here join me in sending greetings to the churches of Galatia. May grace and peace be yours from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. He died for our sins, just as God our Father planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. That is why all glory belongs to God through all the ages of eternity. Amen. I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God. Who, is his, who in his love and mercy called you to share the eternal life he gives through Christ. You are already following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who twist and change the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including myself, who preaches any other message than we, the one we told you about. Even if an angel comes from heaven and preaches any other message, let him be forever cursed. I will say it again. If anyone preaches any other gospel than the one you welcome, let's God, let God's curse fall upon that person. Obviously, I'm not trying to be a people pleaser. No, I am trying to please God. If I were trying to please people, I would not be Christ's servant. So hopefully, I read that fast, but hopefully that you were able to hear what I'm talking about. But I'm going to go back now and I'm going to address some of the things that we talked about there. So first of all, this is what Paul wrote. Again, it's a letter to the church of, in the churches in Galatia. And what happened was he had been there and he preached 
the true gospel message, the one that Jesus told him himself, and he was preaching that message. And then a group of people called, and it's a hard word to say, Judaizers, I think that's how you say it, Judaizers. A group of Judaizers were trying to tell them that faith in Jesus alone was not enough. They were saying, no, 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 yeah, you have to, it's, it's Jesus, but you also have to follow the law and including circumcision. That was a big thing they talked about. So they were adding things to the gospel message. And this made Paul really mad. Um, and so he, um, he says, if you change any bit of this, you're changing it completely. You can't add things into this. And one of the verses and kind of the words that I love that really jumped out at me is right before he starts telling them about how don't listen to these people who are changing it, he kind of shares a little bit of the true gospel message. He says, um, he died for our sins, just as God our Father planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live in. Okay, so the cool thing there are the words rescue us. Doesn't that kind of just like, oh, boy, I know, I don't know about you, but I needed to be rescued. I needed to be rescued from myself. I lived for 40 years without Jesus, and I was living in such a way that it was all about me. But, you know, I didn't even know it was all about me. I wasn't calling even out for help back then. At least this is my story. But he rescued me. And you know, think about it, if someone is out swimming and they start to drown, you're not gonna start trying to teach them how to swim, right? You're gonna throw them a rope. And I kind of feel that's what God did when he had Jesus go to the cross for us. He rescued us, he threw us that rope, he saved us. But you know what, we have a choice to grab onto that rope and be saved or to keep fighting. But that rope is there, Jesus, was sent to rescue you. Jesus had a couple reasons, obviously. I mean, there's a lot of reasons he came to earth. You know, in John 3, 17, right after we're told that, you know, if we believe in Jesus, we'll have eternal life. Um, the Bible tells us in, in verse 17, God did not send his son to condemn the world, but to save the world. So Jesus came to rescue us. He came to save us. I love in John 10, 10, when Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life to the fullest. Okay, but he first starts out with what he did on the cross. And he says, it is finished. He came here to rescue us. It is finished means there's nothing more to be added to it, right? And so when these Judaizers are coming in and saying, no, 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 you have to follow the law. You have to get circumcised. You have to do these other things. What happens with that is they're saying that what Jesus did on the cross wasn't enough. And you know what, this is something that still goes on today in many of our churches. We hear that you're saved when you believe in Jesus and you change your actions. Okay, so I believe I have to live differently and then I'm saved. And that's just, it's just not what I'm reading. This is guys, my thoughts. I'm not a theologian. I haven't gone to seminary, but I'm telling you, I'm praying, I'm reading, listening to sermons. And what it says is you are saved by accepting and believing in what Jesus did on the cross. Now what happens there is when we understand that, and when we understand that grace, when we understand that peace, when we understand that he came to rescue us, even though we were like messed up and lost, he came to rescue us, what happens is, gratitude. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for giving me this peace. I want to, I want to live differently. I want to live the way you say to live, but you know why? Your word also tells me if I live the way you say, 
I will experience more joy and peace and all those other things. So guys, just know that if you believe in what he did on the cross, it says you're saved. Now, if you really understand the depth of what he did and you take that in, it does change you. So I'm not saying just say, I've got my ticket to heaven, awesome, here I go, because that's not what that message does. It doesn't say, oh, I'm free now just to do whatever I want and then I'll just go up to heaven. No, that message changes us and that message makes us act differently out of gratitude. All right, how's that coming in, guys? Is that is that sitting with you? Are you understanding what I'm saying here? You know, in reality, I wish we were sitting around my dining room table right now. I love to sit with people around a table and, and talk and, and hear your stories. And that's one of the things why I love, love, love our retreats is because I get to sit and I get to be with you and I get to hear your stories. But for right now, this is what we've got. We've got Facebook Live going. So go ahead, talk in. I'm here, Denica's listening, and I'm gonna go back and read all of these. All right, so, um, Let's just see, I'm gonna go on here down to verse five, okay? So we were just reading and I, I told you how it says um, he came here to rescue us, right? Well, after, right after it says that, it says, this is why all glory belongs to God. If we had a role to play in our salvation, God wouldn't get all the glory, right? We would be taking credit for it. Look what I did to be ordered to be saved. And so it's so important we just say, God, thank you. He gets all the credit for it, all right? Um, he, you know, there's a lot of times people, I mean, if, if you've been around church for a while, you maybe have heard some discussions that sometimes can get a little heated. Arminianism, Calvinism, predestination, free choice, all of that. I'm not here to like get into all those details, guys, right now. But what we can't argue is it is only through God and his love for us that we're saved, okay? It is his doing that we're saved. And um, he does deserve all the glory, okay? He created us actually to give him glory. Um, so just moving on here, I wanna go verses um, six through nine. This is where Paul starts to talk about how he's shocked that we're moving away from the true gospel message. He's like, come on, I was just there. How are you already forgetting that message that I shared with you? How are you already trying to add things or change that message that I gave you? And the rest of really the, this book is just on the importance of the true gospel message. When, you, when I say that to you, what's the true gospel message? What comes to mind? I'm gonna ask you to spend some time thinking about it and writing more about that because we need to know what we believe is that true gospel message. And guys, please, please, don't take my word for it. Don't take anybody else's opinion. Dig into this word, expecting to hear from God and ask him to just reveal the true gospel message to you. All right? Um, so let's kind of keep moving on here. We're gonna go down now to one of my favorite verses in Galatians, and it's the verse uh, 110. He says, obviously, I'm not trying to be a people pleaser here. No, if I am trying to please God. If I were still trying to please people, I could not be Christ's servant. And here's why this verse is just one of my favorites in all of the Bible, is I believe people pleasing is holding most of us back from living fully and definitely holding us back from being Christ's servant. Do you wanna be his hands and feet here on earth? Do you wanna live for him or live for what others think of you? 
And in reality, like people say, oh, come on, Michelle, you can't just not worry about what people think about you. Well, actually, you, you can't. Because you know what? I believe when I live for the way this word tells me to live, I'm not going to be a jerk to people. I'm going to be kind to people. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to cheat. I mean, this word gives us just an ideal way to live, and I don't have to try to please people. There's a, a, and it's amazing, if you really dig into people-pleasing, there are so many verses in the Bible on people-pleasing, and it's because it's a struggle. I mean, I don't think anyone's ever completely free from it, but the more that we can break free from it, the more we can live in freedom, okay? I mean, don't you want to live free and not worrying what people will think about you? I'm going to share just two other verses that are kind of sometimes my go-to verses when it comes to this. Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe, <sighs> is safe. And then this one is a great one. First Thessalonians 2, 4. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our heart. And I want you to know that people can see what you're doing sometimes in the way you're behaving and they can kind of try to guess why you're doing it and kind of think, oh, she's doing this, you know, just so she looks good, or she's doing this just to win one over. Who cares what they think, all right? God alone examines, he's the only one who truly knows the motives of our heart. And you know what? God cares about your motives. That's a huge theme too, guys, in the Bible. He cares about your motives. Why are you here today? Why are you trying to, why are you here with this Bible study? What are your motives? Why are you trying to make healthy changes to your um, eating and your exercise? Your why is really important, okay? It's really important. <coughs> um, so, <coughs> hold on one sec. Um, actually, I'm going to take one break here and say, Denica, is there anything that anyone needs me to talk about, anything at all? I have it that she can text me. <coughs> nope. Nothing coming in so far, except I have a tickle in my throat. Oh, wait here. All right, nothing. <coughs> All right, so guys, we're going to move on. So people-pleasing is important. Our motives are important. I remember one time going on a walk and kind of saying to God, God, what's, what's, what's pride and what's being humble? Like, I don't want to do anything from pride. And I felt like he said, whose glory are you doing it for? That's the question to ask yourself. Whose glory are you doing things for? Are you trying to make this look good so that people will give you glory? Or it's an opportunity to give God glory? <clears throat> all right, so back in here. Now, I haven't read this section too, and I'm not going to read all of this. It's Galatians 1, 11, all the way through 24. <coughs> Let this tickle a little way. Um, anyway, what happens here is Paul is just kind of telling them really what's been going on in his life. So after he had that interaction with Jesus on the road to Damascus, he right away started preaching. And then he went up and went to some different areas. He did go to Jerusalem after three years, but it was only for a short time. And then he says 14 years later, he went back to Jerusalem and confirmed with Peter and James that the message he was sharing was accurate. All right, so that's kind of a, in a summary, all of that. But I wanna go back to just a, a couple verses in here. And it's, um, let's see, verse 16. This is huge, guys, listen, okay? Verse 16. Paul says, then he revealed his son to me. So then God revealed his son to me so that 
I could proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. <clears throat> what hits me in that is the so that. God revealed the truth of Jesus to Paul so that. Not so that he could sit and get his ticket to heaven, so that he could share the good news with the Gentiles. Now for Peter, God revealed the truth so that he could share it with the Jews. But here's the deal, if he has revealed the truth to you, if you have faith right now, if you believe in Jesus, he's done that so that you can go and share the good news to blank. Okay, you have a, 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 something to do here, guys. If you have been given this unbelievable gift of salvation, of eternity, of peace, you are to go and show, share that. He has chosen you to go and share that with someone. Who is your so that? Who is it? I'm gonna ask you to think about that a little bit more later, but we do have people that we need to go to and share this message. Now hear me, none of us can make somebody else believe, but God is going to use us, use you, use me to share that message. Don't be afraid. You know, it says that Paul, now think about this, Paul had no real knowledge of Jesus. I mean, the only thing he knew was that he hated him and he didn't want him to exist. You know, he wanted to um, eliminate anyone who was believing in Jesus. And right away, after he has that experience with God, he goes to the temple and starts preaching immediately. You don't have to have it all figured out. Lord knows, I, I mean, literally, Lord knows. I don't have it all figured out, you know? But I, I'm here because I believe that my so that, so that I can share what, you, what God has done in my heart, I can share it with you. That, that's how he's kind of directed me. But we all have a so that, okay? Um, <clears throat> so just moving on here. Um, down in verses now, I'm gonna move on to ver the last two of kind of this section, and it's verses 23 and 24, all right? Here's what it says. So Paul has just come, kind of telling um, the, the churches in Galatia, kind of his story about what he's been doing, where he went, how he went up to, um, uh, to Jerusalem and all of that. And he says here, when he's talking about um, the people, and I think it is, let's see, the people in Judea. He says, all they knew was what, was what people were saying. And here's what the people were saying about Paul. The one who used to persecute us now preaches the very faith he tried to destroy and they gave glory to God because of me. So think about it, Paul could have allowed the fact that he had been persecuting Christians to really hold him up, to say, oh, I couldn't be used by God because of what I used to be. I don't know about you, but I, I definitely have felt that way. You know, why would God wanna use me? You know, I lived for so, for so many years in such a selfish way. Why would he wanna use me? But you know what, here's the deal, what people noticed about Paul is the difference. They noticed he was a different person. I mean, hugely, instead of killing, he's trying to now build them up and support them. And it says that because the people noticed this difference, they gave glory to God. So guys, don't let your past limit you. I came up one time, I was teaching um, in the morning, and I walked upstairs and my two boys were standing there kind of with these funny looks on their face and they said to me, Mom, you wanna do a shot? And I'm like, what? Mom, you want to smoke a cigar? Guys, what's going on? What are you talking about? 
Well, they had gone into my old photo albums and saw some pictures of me, um, let's say pre-Jesus for sure. And they had taken some photos on their phone of those pictures. And I'm telling you, it hurt. It was, and I, the boys didn't mean to hurt me. They're, they're, they're loving and all that. But it, it hurt me and I kind of walked away and I was like, whew. You know, and I almost started to let the guilt and the shame of my past come in. And I'll just tell you what I kind of experienced with God. He said, you know, Michelle, isn't it that lifestyle that really drew you to me? Isn't it that lifestyle that makes it now that when you're talking to someone who's a partier or who is living far away from Jesus or doesn't even think about me, isn't, don't you kind of not judge them because that's how you lived? And I was like, yeah. And then he said, which was so darn, I'm mean, so beautiful. He said, Michelle, your photo album looks different now. It's different. You are a changed person and that's what people can see. You're not who you were. You're who I've created you to be, who I initially went to the cross and died for. This is who you're becoming. We should all, guys, we should all have a photo album that looks just a little bit different. For some of it's a little different. For some of us, it's a lot different. The pictures of our life moving forward with Jesus and the Holy Spirit should look different from how it was before. Because, you know, that's sometimes what people notice is that difference. I went to my 30-year high school reunion a while back, and people were like, hey, yeah, Michelle, what are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, I've got this Christian TV show, and I'm like, you know, doing exercise, and they're like, you're doing what? But you know what? It gave me an opportunity because I could tell why I was, I could tell them kind of why I'm changed and why I'm different. So guys, maybe your story, maybe you've always lived with Jesus inside of you, but you know, each day we can get to know him a little bit better, trust him a little bit more, um, and rely on, don't rely on our doing things anymore. Just rely on that grace that he has given us and just live differently so that people can notice it, okay? So, um, I love all of that. Um, and then just, I'm gonna go on a little bit more, guys, because I probably am running out a little out of time because I don't wanna take too long here. I'm gonna move on to Galatians 2 now, okay? So we're kind of just finished up Galatians 1. We're moving on to Galatians 2. And in here, I wanna go down to verse 10. If you have time, guys, or Whitney, you will have time. Read all of what I'm sharing with you today. Read all of it. But I wanna flip down to Galatians 10 right now. And here's what it says in Galatians 10. After he, you know, I told you he went to Jerusalem, talked to James and Peter, and they said, no, we completely agree with your message. They don't need to get circumcised. They don't need to follow the law. You're right. And the Gentiles, you should go and share this message to the Gentiles. After all of that, here's what they, they say, the only thing that they add. They say, um, the only thing they, or Paul says, the only thing they suggested was that we remember to help the poor. And I have certainly been eager to do that. So, guys, part of our being saved and part of us being just blessed, if you're right now watching this, you probably have more than most of the people in the world, and you might not consider yourself rich, but there are people out there who are really struggling. They're poor financially and they're poor in spirit. And you know what? We are called to go and reach these people. We're called to help them. And one of the things I just want to challenge you with is, are you serving right now? Are you serving the poor? Because I tell you right now, God's been putting this on my heart big time. Like, I want to get out and serve more. I want to make that part of my weekly routine. I want to just get out and, and, and give back. I feel like I've been given so much. I want to give back. What about you? 
Are you serving others? And I think it's awesome that, you know, a lot of times people will say to me, you know, Michelle, serving begins in your home and you need to serve your kids and your husband. Absolutely. But if you want to serve your husband and your kids, especially your kids, let them see you serving others selflessly going out and serving the poor. To me, that is gonna have a bigger impact on your kids. To say to them once in a while, hey, I'd, I'd love to go to your basketball game tonight. You know how much I love you and I love going to your games, but you know, there's this hurting family down the road and I am gonna go bring them dinner and sit with them tonight. Or I'm gonna go to the hospital and visit this, or I'm gonna go down to this shelter and serve. Let them see you giving yourself away, not just for them, but for the world, the hurting, the lost. Okay, so that's a really cool part about that little part in Galatians. That was verses, like I said, um, uh, 23 and 24. All right, um, Denica, anything coming in, you can send me a text. Seems like we're all good so far. Um, I am trying, guys, to make these, these last about 30 minutes because I know we're all busy and we have things to do and I don't want you to not show up just because you're feeling like you have to you know, give up hours and hours of your night. So I'm trying to keep this a little bit short. I'm gonna finish up here with just the last little bit of Galatians 2, starting in verse 11 through 16. So envision this. So there's like this big dinner going on and Peter's there and Paul's there. There's Gentiles there. Um, and Peter is kind of hanging out and socializing, eating with the Gentiles. But then a group of kind of highly respected um, Jews, Jewish people come in and all of a sudden Peter starts to act differently in front of them. Okay? So he's kind of being legalistic here because now the Jewish people are here. He's like, oh, I better follow the Jewish law and not you know, be with them and all this, which is wrong. And again, what I love about Paul is he calls him out on it. We are so afraid about calling people out on anything. And what I know is that Paul was coming from a place of love. He wasn't like trying to call Peter out on, on what he was doing to make it seem like he was better than Peter. He was just saying, hold on, Peter. I know, I know this isn't what you wanna be doing right now. I know this isn't in line with the message that we're preaching. So come on now, let's not do this. And he actually says it in front of everyone. I know it can seem blunt and hard sometimes to call people out on stuff, but it's important, you know why? For Paul, the true gospel message, making certain that people were seeing and understanding the true gospel message, that was so much more important to him than trying to make Peter like him or anybody else like him. So don't be afraid to sometimes call things out, guys. Um, in fact, in, in Galatians, back, it's gonna be in chapter six, I believe, there's some really great verses about how with um, humbleness in our heart and love in our heart, that we are to go to our Christian brothers and sisters and gently guide them back onto the path that God would want them on. It's not judgmental if you're not judging. And you know what, you know your heart. It's always good to check your own heart first. God, why, why am I feeling this? Why am I feeling called to say something here? And God, if I have it because I am feeling pride or I'm trying to make them look bad, zip, zip it, okay? Don't let me say it. But if it's God, what you want me to do, let me shout it out if that's what you want me to do. Let me do whatever it is you want me to do. And so he does, he calls Peter out on this. And um, just the last part of this, these chapters is in, um, let's see, at the very end of him kind of talking to Peter, he says, for no one will ever be saved by obeying the law. It's not about that, guys. That's, the, like I said, the part of the main thing about Galatians is that the true gospel message isn't about us living a certain way. It's what Jesus already did. 
okay? Done, it's done. And here's something that people um, have said, they're like, you know, I, that's just not right because then you can go out and live any way you want and all that. Like I said before, no. Out of my love and thankfulness for what he did, I, I want to live differently. But here's the guys. Oh my goodness, this makes me so happy and so at peace. You know what? When I mess up and I have a bad day and I say things harshly, I don't have to wonder, was I good enough today? What if I died tonight? Would God still want me in heaven? I don't have to wonder each day if I've done enough, been kind enough, served enough, anything. I'm saved, okay? I do, of course, go to God and ask him for help and ask him for forgiveness when I mess up and ask him to please, please, please don't let me do that anymore. I'm trying, I need your help. But it's not that fear. And I think there's so many people who are walking around in this world just trying still to prove themselves, prove themselves to others, prove themselves to God. God, will you love me more? No. He can't love you anymore. All right, so that really finishes up. Um, what I have here are a couple questions, guys, that you can answer. You can answer them here. You can answer them, you know, just on your own. But what are you, what are your two walkaway points from what was just shared? I'm big on kind of thinking when I'm when I'm reading something or when I go to a conference. God, what are you speaking to my heart right now? What's what's jumping out like at you? Are there two things that you can write down that really have touched you today? Something that maybe you need to pray about more, dig deeper into, so that's one. I also want you to pray about your so that. You're like, what, what do you mean? You remember that God revealed the, the truth, the, his son to Paul so that he could go preach to the Gentiles? For Peter, it was the Jews, who's yours? Pray about it. God, tell me, who is it? Like, who do you want me to talk to? And you know what? Keep your ears open. It might come up unexpectedly. That's so that, so that you can go preach the message to that person right over there, right now, so that you can share it with this person who you have never even talked to about Jesus before. Or maybe it's your mom. It could be a family member. Who is your so that? Pray about that for a while. Then at the very end of Galatians 2, there's verses 20 and 21. I am going to read these to you. I myself no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So I live my life in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am not one of those who treats the grace of God as meaningless. For if we could be saved by keeping the law then there was no need for Christ to die. Those are the verses that I want you to meditate on this week. I want you to read them daily and just allow God to speak different things to you through those verses. Put an emphasis on some of the different words in there and let him speak to you through that. And then the very last thing here, I want you to write down, or maybe it's just to say it, or maybe it's just to think about it. How would you explain the gospel to someone who asked you today what you believe? How would you explain it? We're always supposed to be ready to give the reason for the hope that we have, and the hope that we have is the gospel message. Are you ready to share it? All right, any questions? Everything good? Um, I have asked that Denica put a link to a song here, so you'll see that included. Um, and my hope is that you just sit for a moment and maybe listen and just meditate on the song and just kind of process this for a little bit. But before I say goodbye to you, I am going to end in a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you.
just thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for grabbing my attention when I was 40 years old, helping me to understand how badly I was in need of a, to be rescued, rescued from the life I was living, God. I can't imagine what my life would possibly be like if I didn't have you. God, thank you for giving faith to my family. I know that's not the story of everybody, but God, please, um, just all those that you know I love and I care for, help them to grow closer to you. Help them have a desire to know you better. And God, to everyone who's listening right now, take my words, and if you need to just switch them up, and if I said something that doesn't go along with what you wanted them to hear, God, you're powerful. You can do anything. You create this world. Change what I said, God. I want them to hear your message. I don't want to, I, want, I just want to be your messenger. That's where my heart is. So God, help them to understand that you came to rescue them, not just the rest of the world, them, that you went to the cross for them. Help them to understand that they have what it takes to go out and share the good news and that you have people lined up who are just ready to hear that good news from them. Don't let their past keep them from being fully all in for you, God. God. Thank you for my daughter, Denica, who's helping tonight. And just, um, God, thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for Jesus. And it's in his precious name I pray. Amen. Thanks.